um, this year, next year too, by the sounds of it, uh, we're expecting to see a whole lot of solar activity. In some ways, that's great. It should be pretty cool because we can probably expect some pretty spectacular light shows from the Aurora Borealis. Uh, of course, there is a potential downside too, and it's a very big downside because that same solar activity that causes the northern lights can also be really disruptive to technology here on Earth. So what what's going on and how do those two things happen? What's the difference? We're going to have a conversation with Martin Connors, who is a professor of space science and physics at Athabasca University. Martin, thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate your time today. Yes, good morning and Happy New Year. Yeah, same to you, sir. Um, okay, to start, solar activity, uh, it's predicted to increase, right? That's what sort of prompted this conversation is we're expecting to see increased solar activity for the next year or two, right? Yes, that's right. The sun has sunspots that come and go every 11 years, and we're kind of due for that to peak within the next two years, let's say. And are those cycles pretty locked in? Like, we're pretty certain here, right? Uh, it varies a little bit. I mean, the 11-year number has repeated for several hundred years. This was first seen by Galileo. So um, that's fairly regular, but it's like any prediction of, say, weather. It varies a bit and hard to get exactly right. Okay, now I think we all understand, we've all heard the terms anyway, solar storms, solar winds, solar flares, uh, coronal mass ejections. We all... But I don't know if we know. When we talk about solar activity, what causes it? Why is it cyclical? And what does it mean? Well, <laughs> it has a lot to do with magnetism. And, of course, magnetism to many people is a bit of a mysterious force. It turns out that the sunspots themselves have very strong magnetic fields, much stronger than Earth's magnetic field that is familiar to us from compasses. And that can store energy the energy can then be released, and sometimes it comes out in the form of X-rays. That would be a solar flare, uh, rarely visible, but uh, often causing X-rays. Or gas can be ejected, often from nearly the same place, but a bit higher up in the sun's atmosphere. And if that comes our way, then it can, largely again due to the magnetic fields, interact and cause auroras and other effects on Earth. Okay, so it it's the magnetic field of Earth that gets affected by this solar activity, which creates the aurora borealis. Yes, basically. Normally, our magnetic field protects us from things in space, but under certain circumstances, uh, the solar wind can affect us quite a bit. And those circumstances mostly have to do with what direction the magnetic field is. Okay. Now, there's the downside. Like we say, the Aurora Borealis, it's pretty, and we all like looking mm -hmm. at it. That's great. But this same phenomena can have really, really bad impacts, too, right? Tell us about the downside and what causes them. Well, again, it comes down to magnetic fields. And, of course, everybody's familiar with a generator or the alternator in your car. There are magnetic fields there, and they generate electricity. Uh, what most people may not know is that when there is an aurora going on, there's a changing magnetic field as well. There's a legend that compasses will dance around, and actually, if you're in the right place, you can see that. Um, it's a pretty small dance. It's not like it's whirling all over the right. place. But nevertheless, the magnetic field is changing, and over a large enough area, that can create an electric uh, field that can affect things on the surface. In what way? Like, I know there's been issues with satellites before, but, you know, they, they, they talk about all kinds of things. So how, what kind of an impact can it have and why? Well, the impact can be on large networks of 
conductors, that is, uh, wires on the surface of the earth. And in 1859, they got a big surprise when suddenly all the telegraphs, which was about the only big wires there were back mm-hmm. then, started shooting out sparks and burning. And this was due to a big event that happened back then. Well, now, of course, we have large power networks in addition to our communication networks. And these are vulnerable to getting electric uh, effects in them that are not supposed to be there. Okay. Normally, we want these wires to carry electricity, but we don't want this kind. Gotcha. Okay. And there's also concern about satellites, right? We've seen that before. Solar activity can cause problems there too, right? Yes, that's right. So Earth normally has what are called radiation belts. And again, the magnetic field confines them and makes them relatively harmless to us, certainly on the surface and even from our satellites. But if there's a disruption, there can be much more energy put into those uh, radiation belts and then they can have effects on satellites. Gotcha. Okay. Now, in terms of, like you say, whenever you're predicting or forecasting anything quote-unquote weather-related, and and this sort of fits into that category very Mm -hmm. loosely, um, how do we have any way of knowing what might be in store for us, or do we just know that there's potential there because of what we do know in terms of the cycles? Well, by monitoring the sun, we can sort of see when hot gas is coming our ways, and unfortunately, we can't tell what the magnetic field is in it. And as I said, the magnetic field is pretty important. Yeah. So we can sort of tell if something is coming our way, and we get about three days' notice on that. So if we see an explosion on the surface of the sun, the sun is so far away that it normally takes two or three days to get to us. So we start to get a little bit of an alert if something is seen to go off on the surface. A real warning, however, we only get about an hour in advance because the spacecraft between us and the sun that can detect this very accurately, yeah. uh, they're only an hour's travel time for the solar wind. And so we don't get much notice. Interesting. Could we do anything anyway, Martin? If we got the warning, if we got the heads up, can we actually prevent some sort of catastrophe? Well, I think we're not expecting catastrophe. We should be <laughs> clear about that. Um, but uh, there are things that one can do. For example, power grid operators can shunt power in different Uh, parts of the grid and make it a little bit more robust. Satellite operators can actually power down certain parts of the satellite that might be more affected by the radiation belts. So there are things that we can do, um, but they're minimal, actually. If, If a really big blast like 1859 came again, and I stress that is not expected, Uh, we would have big problems on the surface of the Earth. Interesting stuff. Martin, thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate it. 